right, all right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service, amen. We are at the end of the month of May, and we're getting ready to get into those beautiful summer months, but praise the Lord. Who's thankful for the AC at High Desert Word Center, amen? God sure blessed us, and we will just never get tired of testifying of what the Lord did for us last year with that. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to stand up together tonight. And uh, we're going to do our financial faith confession, but of course, excuse me, our, our confession for America. Uh, but as we do that, before we do that, uh, we want to pray for, as everyone's aware, the situation in Texas. And, uh, you know, what a, what a tragic thing. Um, you know, we've seen this so many times. And, of course, it seems to hurt sometimes a little bit more when we've got little kids involved. And we know that High Desert Word Center is a family church. And the majority of what we do, amen, is aimed at kids. I mean, we do, uh, just everything we do is about families and about kids. And so, yeah, this this hurts and people are looking for answers. People are fighting and, and saying, well, no, it's this side's fault. It's that side's fault. And I'm like, man, shut up. It's the devil's fault. And until you're, you're looking at political answers and, and our answers aren't in politics, our answers are in Jesus Christ. And until we see an awakening and a revival of Jesus, man, there's just, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen in this world. But, you know, if, if, if someone's trying to point finger, I mean, that's just nonsense. We need to come to Jesus in this nation. And that's why we make this faith confession every service three times a week, 52 weeks a year. But let's, uh, let, let's, go, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And this is a, you know, it's a serious thing that we're praying for here. So I ask for your reverence and your respect. And if you're watching online, please join us in prayer tonight. And uh, let's just, let's bow our heads and let's take this as a serious moment. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you in prayer. And, and, and God, we know that hearts are hurting, uh, minds are questioning, people are looking for answers in a moment of tragedy like this. And, and Lord, even for us as Christians, this it hurts to see and imagine, Lord, uh, just the, the evil that's taken place in this situation. But God, we know that uh, we can look to you, Jesus. And we know that you are the only hope for this nation. You're the only hope for this world. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus for comfort for every single family that's been affected by this, God. We know that, that yeah, there's, there's pain, and that's real. But, God, we pray for your loving arms to be wrapped around these families, Lord, for people to not blame you. It certainly was not you that caused this, Lord. But, Lord, I pray that people would look to you, Jesus, as the source of hope and the source of comfort. And, God, we thank you that there is, no matter what it looks like, we declare that this nation is turning around and coming to you. We know that you said that at the end, the final judgment, you're going to separate the nations. You said there'd be sheep nations, there'd be goat nations, and Lord, those sheep nations, there may only be a few of them, but God, we want this nation we live in to be one of those sheep nations that somehow, some way, decided to follow you in the end, Lord. And we know it doesn't look like that right now, but Jesus, we're going to cling to that, and we're going to stand on these promises and we thank you that through it all, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, we do trust you. And Lord, we pray for the children of our church, High Desert Word Center, that they're safe, Lord. They're surrounded and protected by the angels of God. We can send our children to school uh, w without fear of harm, Lord. But we can trust 
that you're right there with them, protecting them. And we thank you, Lord, that Satan is bound from touching these children. We love you, and we choose to praise you. We don't blame you, but we look to you, Father. We thank you for who you are in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen tonight? Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise real quick. Thank you, Jesus. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Let's speak our faith confession over the United States tonight. Let's do this. Amen. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Now, we've always, uh, uh, hey, uh, we've, we've gained a lot of online followers the last two years because we weren't online before the last two years. But our number one online family member is here tonight. Let's welcome Cookie from Virginia, everybody. Miss Alexis's mom. Amen. <laughs> We love it when she's here, and I mean, she is just our most faithful online person. She's always saying amen and, and sharing the good news, so we love her so much, and we're just thrilled every time she's here with us. Amen. Well, let's get our announcements on the screen there. Uh, we also, speaking of families and everything, who came to the family picnic at the park the other night? Yeah. Wow. I had to be out of town, but I saw that it was an incredible time. There's nearly 100 people came out to just hang out and fellowship and be together as a church family. So that's what we're all about, strengthening the family. So uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out to that. Also, um, I, I was going to mention this to you, that you know how we have our monthly scripture reading that we put out every month? Well, in June, my dad has written a daily devotion to go along with the scriptures. And so we're really excited about this, and he's looking at doing this in a bunch of the uh, future months. So with your June scripture reading, we haven't published it yet, but there's going to be a... You already, okay. Well, it's not online yet, but it's so yeah, it we'll get online. it online. Huh? It is online. It is online. Okay. Wow. Here we go. Oh, all right. Well, my goodness. I need to find out what's going on at this church. HGWC.org slash blog. Okay. Apparently, it's in print with ink and paper, and also it's on the online blog. Is it on Facebook, too? Can you get... uh, it's going to go there. Okay, it'll be on Facebook sometime soon, all right? So praise God. If you need to know what's going on at High Desert Word Center, don't ask me. Ask somebody else, okay? Probably one of the kids know more than I do. So anyway, but we're excited about this, a daily devotion for you to read with the scriptures. And so uh, that's just going to be really something great to help establish your faith, all right? And then we've got the men's meeting coming up on Saturday, June the 4th, all right, at uh, 9 a.m. And so, men, come on out. We're going to fellowship and uh, encourage each other, have some breakfast, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And then uh, the very next day will be Sunday, June 5th. We're having the youth group cake auction. And so uh, this auction, uh, it's not just for cakes. Can we pass this out, guys? Um, it's not just for cakes, but any dessert. 
Uh, you can sign up to make a dessert, and we will auction it off after the service. And this helps us send our youth group on their summer trip. And not only uh, is it good for them, it's good for your whole family to get the teens to go to summer camp. They need it, okay? And so let's make sure this happens. And if you could sign up uh, to bring a, a dessert that day, and it all helps the youth group out. It's a tremendous and really fun time. The women's meeting will be Friday, June the 10th at 6.30. So ladies, come on out. You're going to have a really great time that night and fellowship and get caught up with each other. So Friday, June 10th at 6.30. And then water baptisms are going to be uh, Sunday, June 26th, all right? And so you got a little bit of a heads up on that. But we will have a sign-up sheet passed around here soon on that. And, uh, and we're going to try to uh, do it at the nighttime service also because... You know, there's a lot of people that can come to Sunday nights, but not Sunday mornings. So it'll be our first time ever trying to do it on Sunday night as well as Sunday morning. And we don't want you to miss out on that. So uh, if you have not been baptized, or again, a lot of people were maybe baptized as a child and they didn't really know what was going on. Uh, their parents just had them do it. Well, if, you know, if that's you, it's okay to get baptized again. All right. So uh, we will uh, make that available to you. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Indeed, it's happy time. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. And we're going to open our Bibles tonight to Malachi chapter 3 in the New King James. Malachi chapter 3 in the New King James. Praise the Lord. And if you're giving online, you can do hdwc.org slash giving. Praise God. Who had a good time with Ray Bench on Sunday, everybody? Wasn't that awesome? Wow. Sunday morning and really Sunday night as they were laying hands on people. I mean, the Spirit of God spoke through uh, Reverend Bench and really some words of wisdom and knowledge that were very, very spot on. It was incredible. But let's look at Malachi 3, starting at verse 8 in the New King James. And some of us have heard this a lot. And then I'm starting to realize that, hey, just because I've heard it a million times, not everybody in the church has heard it that many times. So I need to make sure that you get this because... Uh, you know, there's the tithe, and then this verse tells us there's also something called the offering, right? And they're not the same thing. But look here, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, New King James, it says, Will a man rob God? And I think if I was going to rob somebody, which I wouldn't, but if I was going to, it would not be God. That's about the last individual that I would want to rob. But it says, yet yeah, you have robbed me. Some people are robbing God. You say, well, in what way have we robbed you? God says, in tithes and offerings. So what happens when you do that? Well, verse uh, the next verse here says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So what do you do? Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, all right? So in their day, they'd call it the temple. In our day, we'd call it the church. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, the church, that there may be food in my house or provision or the resources to get the job done. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So, man, there's a lot of benefits to being a tither. God rebukes the devil from stealing your stuff and, and messing with you in that regard. And also, it opens the windows of heaven on our lives. God pours out such a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it. 
no wonder tithing people are givers, right? They give their tithe, but they help other people out in need because you've got so much. You don't have enough room to receive it all to yourself. You've just got to give some away. Amen. And that's the position that I want to be in as I'm serving God more than enough. Hallelujah. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Amen. And I always want to encourage us that as we're doing this, this isn't just some tradition. It's not just some words that we throw out there. Our words are powerful and they have meaning. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Worship at the altar with us tonight. It's always like springtime with you. I'm making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. Love it is sweeter than wine. I bring joy, bring life. Your hope is rising like the dawn. This is what you do. This is what you do. Rising like the 
you do And this is what you do You make me come alive This is what you do This is what you do You make me come alive This is what you do This is what you do You make me come alive This is what you do This is what you do You make me come alive 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 Your breath in our love. 
Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are great. You are awesome, God. You are everything to us, Father. Lord, tonight we just set aside this time to come into your house, Lord, to worship you, to learn about you, to fellowship with the saints, Father. Lord, we declare that you are awesome, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We glorify your name. We're so thankful, Father, for all that you do for us. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, before I get into the message tonight, I want to uh, draw your attention to something uh, about the voter thing you received in the mail. The one that looks like this has a couple of printing errors in it. So they've got some candidates listed in the wrong column. So as I finished up my little thing that I always do, my research, I, I uh, put it up against the ballot thing that came in the mail, and I discovered the errors. So just kind of watch out when you're, when you're looking at that thing that this one, in some cases, is printed wrong. So go by this one. My reminder that uh, primary day is June the 7th. I always go and I vote in person because I just love doing it, so that's what I'm going to do. And if, you, and if you want to do some research on your own, there's some of these slips of paper that are back on the info booth that talks about a group called uh, I Vote, let's see, IVoterGuide.com. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, IVoterGuide.com. It's Christian, and it tells you where people stand on on a lot of issues, but basically issues that are important to us, pro-life and different things like that, so so that you can make good biblical voting decisions. So make sure that you that you do vote. Make sure that you check all this stuff out. Make sure that you vote along biblical lines. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. That's my soapbox 246. I have others. Okay. You ready for the word tonight? Okay, the sermon title tonight, tonight is Overcoming the Destructive D's. Overcoming the Destructive D's, D as in dog, D's. One of these destructive D's is discouragement. Another one is despair. Another one is despondency. Another one is depression. And I just want to challenge you tonight to get out a piece of paper and pencil. I am going to give you tons of scriptures tonight 
And you're going to have to look them up. On, I'm going to read them to you, but you're going to have to look them up on your own when you get home. And they're going to help you in life. Amen. So discouragement replaces encouragement. Right? Discouragement is the opposite of encouragement. Despair means a complete loss or absence of hope. Doesn't that sound awful? Uh, but, but people find themselves in, these, in one of these categories or all of them. Despondency means a, low, a state of low spirits caused by a loss of hope or courage. And depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feel of sadness and a loss of interest. Now, are any of these God's will for your life? No. None of these are God's will for your life. Proverbs 13.12, write it on your paper. Proverbs 13.12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. So hope that's shipwrecked or hope that doesn't mature to faith or anything like that can make a person sick, sick with discouragement, sick with despair, sick with despondency, sick with depression. None of those are God's will. But when desire comes, it is like a tree of life. In other words, you can start to bloom, you can start to get out of these, these conditions that maybe you have found yourself in now or have found yourself in. People have to know that their life has meaning. You're here for a reason. You were born for such a time as this. Your life does have meaning. Your life does have purpose. You know, you hear a lot of times with teenagers, they'll say, why am I here? And one answer to why, I'm is he why I am here is to look far beyond yourself. You're probably here for a lot of other people. You're not here because you're an entity unto yourself. You know, it's not you, yourself, and I living alone in this world. It's you as you relate to other people in your life. A nurse isn't here for herself. A nurse is here for others. You see where I'm coming from. Okay, today's society is consumed with themselves. How many of you can see that? You know, what are you going to do for me? Massive selfishness. Everybody's all wrapped up in themselves. It's a, it's a pathetic state to be in, I think. I demand that you do things for me. Kind of an entitlement type society where you owe me this and you owe me that and you owe me this and you owe me that. And by golly, you miss out on something that they feel like they're owed and you are their enemy. I don't want to be entitled. I want to work for what I get. I don't want stuff handed to me on a silver platter. And we need to have a work ethic. Amen. Right thinking is Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And that's an acronym that spells joy. Jesus first, others second, and yourselves last. Because if you find yourself living in that type of a thing, then you're not going to be wandering around depressed about your life, depressed, you know, depressed, despondent, and despair, and all the other D words that are nasty words. God has a general purpose in all of our life seasons. Now, I can look out at, at you. We've got children in here. There's probably a baby, too, in here somewhere. You know, we've got, uh, you know, 
young, adult, young adults, we've got middle-aged people, we've got older people, you know, stuff like that. But there are seasons in our life that we all have to go through, providing that we live long enough, amen? And so um, there's a birth, there's infant season, childhood, teen years, adult years. There's years where marriage is part of the season, childbearing years. And we've got a lot of uh, families in here having children. Then comes the empty nesters. The kids grow up and away they go. Retirement and then finally death. It's a life cycle. Sometimes people lose purpose in their purpose. So, like say for instance, as a teenager, your purpose in your teen years is to get that education. And then while you're in that, while you're in that purpose in your teen years, you know, you, you need to be thinking about, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to the military? Am I going to go to trade school? Am I going to go apprentice with somebody? Am I going to go to college? And so whatever your purpose is in those four years like of high school, then you focus on your, your you do everything focusing on what it is you're going to do when you graduate, hopefully. You know, some people never have a clue, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. You've got to be able to do something, and you've got to have purpose within that purposeful season of your life. You know, and then there's the marriage, the marriage uh, season, you know, and things like that. But there's purposes within each one of those. Um, God has a life plan, like, like for the marriage thing. He who finds a, a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. That's a season, right, when you're looking for a mate. And then Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Long come the children. And your, your purpose is to train them up as a Christian, is to train those children up in the way of the Lord so that they serve the Lord all the days of their life in whatever God has gifted and called them to do. And then you reach 2 John 4 that says, I have no greater joy than to see that my children serve the Lord. You know, so you've raised them up and you've gotten to the point where, yes, they did it, they made it, they're still serving Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, oh, I turned my page. They stick together. And then you have the, the older years. 1 Timothy uh, 5, 1 says, Don't rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, all with purity. So there's different stages of our lives, different seasons of our lives, different purposes within each one of those. Now, sometimes we'll get to a different season in our, in our life, and we've never been that way before. So it's like kind of an adjustment time. It's a time where we seek the Lord. Okay, Lord, here I am. What do I do now? You know, type thing. So uh, sometimes we just need a glimmer of hope to be able to go on. Like if you sometimes if you hit one of these stages, you may hit it like motherhood, you know. You may hit a stage of, you know, you meet yourself coming and going, right, moms? You know, you meet yourself coming and going. I remember, <laughs> I remember going to bed at night, and my I know I would fall asleep before my head hit the pillow. I just know it would. And I was out. Because, you know, you just do stuff all day long and, and into the evening and stuff like that. You get up early and there the little ones are again. But what a wonderful, what a wonderful calling it is to raise children for the Lord. Look at all the children out there in the world who, who were never raised for the Lord. Look at this young man and what he did in Texas, you know. That is so sad. You know, what was missing in that boy's life? Jesus. Jesus was missing in his life. 
If he'd have had Jesus, then these 19 other people and a couple of adults would still be alive today. You know, purpose. Obviously, he didn't know what his purpose was. He didn't even know he had a purpose other than to be destructive, which is very sad. So sometimes we just need a glimmer of hope in our lives. We just need a, 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 a faint light. As long as we can see a little light, we know we've got, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. You've heard that phrase. You know, something that you can shoot for, something that you can aim for. Hope must not go out like a, like a lantern. Hope must not ever go out. Hope must develop into faith. Hope has to have a plan. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now write down Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we hope for something. Pretend like I have a jar here. I forgot to bring my jar. Pretend like you have an empty jar here. Well, there's something in there, and then you put something in there you're hoping for, hoping for something in life. Maybe it's a mate. You know, maybe it's a husband or a wife. You're hoping, you know. But eventually you put that to prayer, and pretty soon that hope is going to manifest into faith, and you can look in your jar, and there's your mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> there they are. It develops. Hope has to develop into faith so that, therefore, you can receive it. Now, you may not see it right now. Maybe right now it's just a desire in your heart, but it will come to pass. You put your prayers to it and some other, some other things like that, and God will bring it to pass, and all of a sudden, you know, you will see it eventually, but you may not see it right now. Romans 15, 13, write that verse down. It says, may the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. Abound in hope. Hallelujah. We try to keep our eyes focused on the words when those nasty four Ds show up in our lives. How many have never been depressed? How many have never been in despair, despondent, or, or any of that? How many have never been there? You're all a bunch of liars, except for Irma. She's not lying. Everybody has moments in their life when this hits them for one reason or another. You know, maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel, like I said, that there's no purpose for you. But God, but Satan's a liar. God does have a purpose for you. So Satan tries us to, to make us question our worth. We are all of great worth, but he tries to make us question our worth. And the D's come from Satan and the voices that he sends to whisper or even to scream at us with. Voices. Satan uses many voices, and you need to learn which voice is his. John 10.10, 10, the thief, Satan, comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Amplified says to have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. Amplified says that. So when these thoughts come to you, you're nobody, you're no good, you don't have any reason for living. Is that stealing? Is that killing? Is that destroying? Is that abundant life? No. See, so you've got to learn when the thoughts come where they're coming from and the voice it's coming by. So voices are important, 
voices can either encourage you or they can discourage you. There's good voices and there's bad voices. Uh, voices can bring hope or voices can bring despair. Voices can raise us up or they can shove us down. For, uh, voices can be like a refreshing rain that cause hope to spring up on the inside of us. Those are nice. Those are nice. <laughs> those are really nice. You need to use your voice because you have a voice too. You need to use your voice to encourage and to bless others. It's extremely important that you do that. You're going to reap what you sow. Just needs a hug or something, you know? Or, or especially if first-timers come in, man, never, ever, ever ignore first-timers. Never ignore them. You know, like we've said a hundred times, you know, that person may have come in here as a last-ditch hope before they go out and kill themselves. I'm going to give this church, I'm going to give God one last hope. If he comes in messed up, goes out messed up because nobody showed him love, nobody shook his hand, nobody welcomed him, and he went out and he killed himself, that's on us. It's very important that we don't be so consumed with ourselves and our little group that we like to greet, but that we, we have plenty of time to fellowship one with another. We have plenty of events that, you know, have to stay real late after services and stuff, and you fellowship with one another. But what about the people who need that? What about the people who need to know that, hey, you are worth something. You're worth something because a lot of people in that church talk to you. A lot of that people went up and shook your hand and welcomed you and said, I'm glad you're here. It gave him that gave him that glimmer of hope, that glimpse of light, that yes, I can go on in life. Maybe I do have purpose. And then they come back to the next service and the next service. And all of a sudden, we have saved someone from suicide and maybe from the pit of hell if they weren't if they weren't born again. It's very important that we use our own voice as an encouragement to others. Then we have the voice of the Word of God. You got your pens and pencils ready? So sometimes if, if the devil hits you with, uh, with stupid stuff, you're, you're worthless, you're no good, blah, 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 you know the junk he yells at you with, the best thing you can know is knowledge of the Word of God. Because if you hear, that, hear the junk that comes from Satan, and then you know what the Word of God has to say, you can fight that off. That's called faith. When you know the word and you can fight it off, that's, that's your faith. Listen to this. You're all familiar with this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So for the person that's in despair without hope, if they know this verse, you can say, Satan, you're a liar. Because God's word tells me that he's giving me a future and he's giving me a hope. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, listen to this one. Oh, Psalms 139. I'll read this whole thing to you. This, I love this. This is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Psalm uh, 139, 13 through 18, the New Living Translation says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. 
You watched me as I was being formed in other seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Isn't that powerful? Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. Man, isn't that, an, isn't that awesome to send the, send the devil on his heels, chasing away? Man, when you read that, and you think, wow, that is so, so powerful. He knew me from the moment of conception. He knew you from the moment of conception, and he said, I got a plan. I got a plan. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Good news. Amen. I just love it. Okay, Esther 4.14. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And I know you were because these are the last days. And God chose us to live in the last days. Wow. Is that exciting? We may think we're, no, we're nobody. We may think that we, we don't have any special gifts or talents, but God saw in us. I want them born now at this time. They're important. They have something to say. They have something to give. They have something to contribute. You need to find out what it is because God has a plan. Amen. Psalms 33:11 says, The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. So his plan for you stands firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. You know, just by you coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm a firm believer in this. If nobody in your family is saved but you, guess what? You start praying one by one by one by one. Before you know it, the whole Valdez family is saved. The whole Samples family is saved. The whole, you know, the whole families are saved. Wow, what a purpose you had. What a purpose you had. Man, if you brought all those people that you prayed for, you know, into the kingdom of God so they don't have to go to hell, Wow, is that awesome or what? That's awesome. Jeremiah 1.5, the first part says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Oh, he knew us. Isn't that amazing? He knows us. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. You know, sometimes people get impatient with the plans in their life. Well, Lord, I've been praying for a, for a husband or a wife for a long time, and I don't see him yet. You, you know, <laughs> you may get impatient. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Maybe he's working on you, getting you ready for that mate. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. Psalms 32, 8, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. So see, somebody that maybe has one of these four Ds on them, maybe they're, they're discouraged, maybe they're in despair, despondent, or depressed. All they have to do is look up to the Lord. He said he will instruct and teach us the way that we should go. If we don't know where to go, if we don't know what we're doing, he will show us. Amen? But you've got to tune him to him, tune into him. You don't ignore him and expect to hear from him. You've got to spend time with him, cuddle up with him. Lord, write, keep a journal. I write out my prayers in my journal. I say, Lord, I, you know, da 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 And then he'll give me scriptures or later on he'll, 
he'll answer that prayer, and I'll write, I'll, I'll be thumbing through my journals, and I'll think, oh, the Lord did that. The Lord did that. And I try to write down the date or find out when it was that he did it because he's awesome God, and he does have a plan, but you've got to know the plan. You've got to spend time with him and seek his face to know what the plan is so that you can walk in it. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Many of you know this by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Right? And all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Right? But you've got to acknowledge him. You've got to ask him. You've got to go to him. Okay, so I was just sitting here thinking, what did I want to be when I was a kid? I wanted to be a veterinarian. I'm not a veterinarian. Then I wanted to, I wanted to have a ranch like Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. You, half of you don't even know who they are anymore. And I wanted to, to have orphan children at this ranch and, and, and love them and, you know, lead them through life. But I don't have a ranch. I just have a lot of kids. <laughs> and then... That's pretty good though, huh? And then I wanted to I wanted to be a school teacher and I went to college to be a school teacher. And I never did finish college because I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now I teach the Word of God. So God's plan, you know, it came around. So I don't know, I remember when, when our son Jason or my, my oldest son Jason was a kid, he wanted to be a tow truck driver. You know, yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? A tow truck driver. That's what he wanted to be. Well, I don't know what you wanted to be when you were little. But maybe, you're, well, you want to be a cowboy. Well, I, I, uh, you, <laughs> where's your horse, partner? It's coming. Uh-huh. How come you never rode my horses? You did once in a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's making excuses now. He's making excuses for why he's not a cowboy. <laughs> Josh, you want to be a cowboy, too. Oh, well, okay. Okay, <laughs> on I go. James 4. 7 to 8. Now listen to this. You've got to submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and his stupid voices, right? And he will flee from you. You've got to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You know, fix your cup of coffee in the morning. Get yourself a spot on the sofa. Get your journal, your Bible. Go outside, sit on the porch, whatever. You know, and just say, Lord, here I am. You know, Talk to me. Pour out your heart in your journal. Write to him. Oh, he loves to answer you. It's just so awesome, and he does have a plan. Matthew 18, 18, 18 says, So surely I say to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth is already bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. So in heaven, is, does Satan have permission to go around and torment the folks in heaven? Does he? No, Satan doesn't have permission to wander around heaven and torment the saints up there. No. He's bound from operating up there. If he's bound from operating up there, he's bound from operating in my life, in my house. Now, what do I want to lose? What do I want to operate? I want the, I want the Lord to operate in my life. I want his presence. I want my God, you know. So I lose him and his presence in my life. But never submit to the devil. Like I said, learn his voice. He's a tormentor. He's a liar. He'll tell you you're no good. But remember, because he's a liar, just the opposite of what he's blabbing at you is true. 
Just the opposite is true. If he's yelling at you, if God will never use you, guess what? Oh, God's got big plans for you. God is going to use you. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's see. Another voice is the voice of your pastor. We're not going here tonight, but Ephesians 4 talks about how God sent the fivefold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints, you know, and things like that, so that we can grow up. So listen to the voice of your pastor. And on the other hand, what are you using your voice for in your home in regards to your spouse? What, do you, what is your voice like in, in, in regards to your children, your fellow workers, your brothers and sisters in the Lord at church? You know, what are you using your voice for? We have a voice too, right? We don't want to be Satan's mouthpiece. We want to be the mouthpiece of the, of the peace of the Most High God. Amen. So, so again, do you see someone around you that needs to be encouraged? I mean, you can even be in the grocery store and you can see some people that are just so depressed. You know, how about it? Jesus loves you. You know, Jesus loves you. I'm looking at you, Leah, because remember those little cards you used to put on the grocery carts with money in them? <laughs> we had this little thing that we did for a while. That's, I forget what the little card said. I made up these little bitty cards, and they said things like, well, I don't know what they said, Jesus loves you or things like that. And, yeah, very simple. And we'd put them in the grocery carts, you know, like where you put your child, and, you know, you sit your child, well, we put them in there and things like that. Well, she would do that, and she'd put a dollar or two in there. You know, she's, well, of course people are going to pick them up. And you never know who you're going to, you know, who you're going to reach. Lots of folks. People need to know that Jesus loves them. They need to know that they're important out there. Okay? Sometimes a simple thank you to somebody can mean a lot. That we don't, throw, we don't go through life taking advantage of one another. That we don't go through life taking one another for granted. You know, be thankful one to another. I'm, I am very, very serious about being thankful. That's one of my things that just really burns within me, to be thankful and grateful, first of all, to him. But we need to be thankful and grateful to one another. When you don't thank people, they think that what they did was of no value, that it was of no importance to you or anybody else. And even if while they were preparing it, the Lord had your face in front of them all the time for something to do for you. It makes the person that doesn't receive any thanks for things that they do or gratitude or acknowledgement, I'm not doing this anymore because they didn't appreciate it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand where I'm going with this? You know, when somebody does something for you, be it large or be it small, it needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be acknowledged. When you get up here in the prayer line for prayer and you get prayed for, don't you just walk away. Don't thank me. Don't thank the person praying for you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have to step over to the side and get out of the prayer line and just spend some time worshiping the Lord, thanking him for what he did. Like the ten lepers, you know. 
Ten of them were prayed for. Now listen to this. One of them came back to thank Jesus. The Bible says he was made whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nine of them that walked away didn't give him thanks, nothing. They were healed, but they weren't whole. If they were missing an ear, they still didn't have an ear. If part of their nose was gone, they still didn't have part of their nose. They were not thankful, grateful, and Jesus had just done something in their lives. But the guy that turned around and came back and thanked the Lord, he was made whole. He had a new nose. He had a new nose, ear, you know. He was made whole. He was made perfect. See what I mean? There's a lot to be said about being thankful and being grateful for things. Um, you know, sometimes because somebody doesn't appreciate it, they aren't given a simple thank you, that robs the beauty of them because they weren't appreciated and therefore they don't reach out and do anything anymore. So it robs the world of their joy. It robs the world of them. Tiny things that help bring hope and encouragement to others are a smile. I love to smile at people in the store. Kind word. This is, this is a real door opener. When you go to the Walmart and you see a, a parent, you know, mom and dad, whatever, with a bunch of kids, start a conversation. Oh, your children are so beautiful. You are so blessed. You know, you've got your hands full today, don't you? You know, you know it, it opens the door. Use Christian words. You're so blessed. You know, use that word. That's not a, that's not a, that's a, that's not a, a devil word. It's a Jesus word. You're so blessed. Look at your children. How, how blessed you are. You know, talk to people. Like I said before, just, just acknowledge people are there during meet and greet. You know, don't you love having meet and greet? That's why this is the friendliest church in, church in the world. We spend a good 10 minutes meeting and greeting one another. Amen? Because it's important. Act, uh, uh, act kind. You know, give somebody a simple gift. Give them a stick of gum. Here, you want a piece of gum? I mean, you know, anything. <laughs> you know, what can I, you know, can I do something for you? Whatever. Psalm 27, 13 says that I love this verse. I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you're still living, you're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. That's another D word. I didn't even have that one listed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Overcoming those horrible devil deeds. Devil begins with a D too, doesn't it? Wow. Discouragement, despair, despondency, depression come from the devil. But you know what? Jesus Christ is Lord, and he has defeated him. And you just need to wrap yourself up with him. Get the plan. Know what it is you're supposed to be doing. You know, kick the devil down, down the pike. Tell him he ain't coming back. If he tries to come around for another opportune season, and I came around for an opportune season again with Jesus, you know, so if he came around for an opportune season with Jesus, he's coming around for an opportune season for you. You just have to be aware of it. He'll use the same trick, maybe packaged a little bit differently. Hallelujah. Well, come on and stand on up. Amen, Pastor Dave.
right, everybody, let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. I hope you got some encouragement from the word right there. And it's so important that as we're throwing verses out that you are writing those down because, I mean, that's a gift to you to be able to stand on those promises. Amen. And so what we're going to do is we'll have Josh lead us in worship here for just a minute. But if you need prayer tonight, maybe you are here and you've been dealing with some of the D words that she just uh, had discussed right there. I mean, this is a perfect chance for you to come up and get some agreement and faith. And we'd love to see Jesus work in your life tonight. Amen. Well, let's take a few minutes here as Josh leads us in some worship. If you need prayer, don't hesitate. Come on up. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Trust everybody's been blessed tonight in the presence of God. Amen. And again, I just encourage you to uh, get those verses down. And if you're like, well, if you didn't get them written down right now, then go back online and watch it again. And man, just take advantage of the word that's being dished out there to you. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. Lots of uh, stuff, of course, coming up. So pay attention to all that. I wanted, did want to remind you that this Sunday night, there's no Sunday night service this week. I know everyone's got you know, Memorial Day stuff and whatnot. So, you know, we celebrate all that. And we'll be hitting it hard, though, once June starts here with uh, lots of good stuff. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and raise our hands tonight. We're going to close out in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for what we have seen in your word. And God, we we bind this discouragement and, and depression and, and dismay and anything else. Amen. All right. Well, let's bless Barstow before we get out of here. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you Sunday.